Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of Brave X Empower, a podcast that discusses gender inequality and bullying in STEM. I'm your host, Michaela Pellerin. Today, we have a very special guest speaker joining us. Stephanie Skinner is the National Miss High School America. Hello, Stephanie. Hello, everyone. I'm so excited to be here today. Oh my gosh, I am so honored to have you as one of our first ever guest speakers. It's so incredible to have you here. You've accomplished so much as a young person, and I think you have a lot of great insight to be sharing with our listeners today. Thank you so much. That is so kind. I am so excited and I'm honored. So thank you for asking me. (laughs) Oh my goodness. Of course. I'm excited to be meeting you this June in Little Rock, Arkansas, as I compete actually for your title. That is so exciting. It's like four months away, kind of surreal. I'm not really ready for it, but I'm so excited for all the state title holders like yourself to have this incredible opportunity. It's a week that you guys will never forget. Trust me. Thank you. Oh, So would you like to introduce yourself by, besides being just a national title holder? Yes. So my name is Stephanie Skinner. I am 17 years old. As Michaela said, I am the Miss High School America 2021. I am a senior this year. I'm going to be attending the University of Pennsylvania next fall as a college freshman. I am a competitive dancer, a varsity field hockey player, and I love just being involved in my community. I actually am the owner of my own nonprofit, Hands of Hope. So I work a lot with today's youth and youth communities about building self-esteem and self-love with our national platform at the Miss High School America organization that is called Brave. That's incredible. Would you like to talk more about Brave? Because obviously you have lots of insight on it. Yes. So BRAVE, like I mentioned, is a national platform. It's actually an acronym that stands for Building Respect and Values for Everyone. And this is something that really made me gravitate towards the Miss High School America organization, as I am a survivor of bullying. And it allows us state title holders, as well as national title holders, to go into classrooms, Girl Scout troops, communities nationwide, and spread the message of building respect and values for everyone and starting bullying prevention. And for me, I saw it as an opportunity to take a proactive approach to bullying, So I combined my own organization's message, Hands of Hope, to say to to students nationwide how to build respect and values for yourself first before you can build them for others. So it's just a great way to take a proactive approach and instill that kindness, respect, and self-love in the classrooms nationwide. That's incredible. I love how you're targeting a younger audience because our future generation is really what we need to be focusing on. And so I love that, you know, you have that goal of reforming how bullying is for the future. And I think that's really a smart way to approach utilizing BRAVE in your own unique way. Exactly. I think exactly reforming the future generations, that's the best way we can look at it because they need leaders. They're at an impressionable impressionable age and they need someone to go in and speak about these core messages and core values. So I think that's a great way to utilize Brave. But what I love about Brave is it is so customizable, like you said. So you get to do this podcast, you know, form and customize it towards STEM leaders or even women or different, even Girl Scouts I've done it with. I know people do YMCA's, food banks. There are so many different things that you compare Brave with, which is what I love because it's so versatile. 
Yeah. So my first day with the Miss Maine High title, or the second day rather, I traveled down to Massachusetts for a photo shoot for the New England um, Miss High School America Queens. And when we were there, we did a little national prep day and I got to do a mock interview with Michaela Green, who's competing for Miss Rhode Island USA. And she's a former MHS, MHSA girl. And so the second day I even had this title, I was able to sit down with her and we were able to work on formulating my personal brand. And through that, that helped me decide what I wanted to do with Brave to make it authentic and to make sure it's something I want to be passionate about. And so I combined it with the other elements of my personal brand to target a specific audience of all ages, which of course is women and empowering them and showing them that these opportunities are here for them and what we can do to reform a system that's broken and not exactly equal yet. So that's how, that's the direction that I took it in. And I absolutely love that. I think that's something that we need to see more of in our world, you know, start those conversations that need to be started and fill those gaps and break those glass ceilings, which is exactly what you're doing. And I strive to do that as well. I know as women, both of us, we have kind of a responsibility to be role models and not only be a role model for the future generations coming up, but continue to work towards the progress that our future leaders and our future and our, our, I mean, our past leaders have done yeah. for us and continue that legacy. So I really admire you for that. I love that take on Brave. Thank you. I was really inspired by your take on Brave too. Just how, you know, you changed the traditional classroom presentations and just took it a step further, I guess. And, you know, started your nonprofit. That's crazy. <laughs> Thank you. Um, it's been such an incredible journey. Yes, absolutely. Would you like to share one of your favorite things you've done with Hands of Hope? Oh my goodness, there's so many. I think, okay, I can narrow it down to two. Okay, so go the, ahead. <laughs> the one was partner with the Girl Scouts of the USA, and I created my own Brave patch as well as my own Hands of Hope patch. So now Girl Scouts across the country, after they learn about Brave and also after they complete their hand activities, when I give a Hands of Hope presentation, they can earn their very own patch, which is so cool to see to come in full circle as I was once a Girl Scout myself, former Daisy. So it was really oh. cool to go back into my roots and again, inspire these young women that they can accomplish anything and introduce and expose them to this message at a younger age. And then the other big accomplishment or one of my favorite things that I do, it's kind of my trademark thing with Hands of Hope is my hand pledges. And it's a visual reminder for students. They write a positive affirmation or I will stop bullying or kindness counts, something inspirational, positive on a hand, which they get to leave in the classroom as just that visual reminder and presentation that this message is making an impact and it's making a lasting legacy in classrooms across the country. So if I had to narrow it down to two, it'd be those two things. That's incredible. And I think something really cool about going into the classrooms is how engaged the kids are when you're a pageant title holder. And when you have the crown and sash, I went, I did my first um, appearance today with younger kids. It was actually a community service event as well. I went into my old preschool and I got to read stories to the kids and interact with them and teach them about what the Miss High School America organization is. And they were awestruck (laughs) about the crown and about traveling to Little Rock and zip lining and they thought it was the coolest thing ever and they wanted to touch the crown oh my goodness it was so fun but I really felt like they were 
hanging on to everything I was saying, which is really important because having a title holder, you have this amazing opportunity to have a platform and an audience and just engaging your listeners with activities like hands of hope and the hand pledges and things like that is really important because then you have people that are listening and remembering and these kids will carry it with them through the rest of their lives which is important to make sure the work that we're doing is memorable a hundred percent I think it's making that impact like you said it's awesome to have that opportunity especially for you especially for younger audiences when you come in with the crown and your sash and like are you a princess can I wear your banner are you one time I got asked are you the queen of England (laughs) (laughs) and it's just so funny but it does get them to be more engaging than they probably would to a traditional guest speaker because they idolize you in that way and it's a lot of responsibility but as title holders I think in general that we do overall acknowledge that and we do our very best to make sure that we are utilizing this opportunity to leave a lasting impact on the people that we reach and when we present these messages but it's definitely important to make sure that we have something that sticks when we go in and we present our message so that's why I always try to use and resort to activities or coloring or things that kids gravitate towards because I know with teens it can be a little different because those traditional they don't get as excited with a coloring sheet or making their own (laughs) hand but that's why I use my workbooks and I think also talking to someone your age can allow you to be more vulnerable and it listens and it allows you to listen and engage more because you have that sense of relatability. Absolutely. Yeah. I was hoping hoping to target this older audience with this podcast, which is something that I hadn't quite seen other people doing with Brave. And I think it will engage a whole new group of people because this is honestly, I think, really unique. And, you know, I'm hoping to just make a lot of change with this. I've had other guest speakers come on episodes that haven't quite come out yet, but they're recorded. And we've talked about all these things we want to change for women in STEM and what we want to change for how bullying is handled at schools. And so now that I've talked with all these different people and I see what their their takes on these issues are and what they think we should do, now I have this platform to actually do something with what they're seeing and saying. So I I love that that's happening and it's gotten me so excited to use all the months I have left to the absolute fullest. That is so exciting. And I definitely commend you on that. I think it's so important that we do reach our teens. And that's something that I've been trying to strive to do more because there is no age limit to bullying and we all need to hear this message and everybody needs that reminder that we are enough and that we are not alone. And I think that it's great that you're bringing it to an attention to an older audience. So that is very cool and very exciting. Thank you. Yeah, something I would like to do is also find a way I can take Brave X Empower, the podcast, and reach out in some other way towards a younger audience as well, because there are so many young girls who aren't even exposed to STEM at all, unless they have maybe a parent who's a scientist or something like that. And so I'm trying to brainstorm some ideas of how I can take this a step further to be targeting, once again, that younger audience and providing them with options because I want them to know that their career options are limitless and that they can do anything that they want to do if they work hard and that you know never take no for an answer and just fight for what you believe in 
I absolutely love that. And like thinking back, they, they do need to be exposed and know they have resources because growing up, I would say probably about until high school, I didn't know there were even resources or opportunities for me to pursue that potential career goal. So I think that is something that I definitely would love to see in schools. And I'm glad that you noticed that too. And I'm really excited to see what you come up with because I think it is important that we reach the younger audience as well. Yeah, I was talking to guest speaker on episode four, which is coming out, Jenny Daly. She's a biomedical engineer and she's 26 years old. And she was talking about when she graduated high school, she told her guidance counselors, I want to be an engineer. And they told her like, no, go, go do nursing or something. And that wasn't even that long ago that she graduated high school and they were telling her that. And she went to a college and she wanted to look at their engineering courses and programs and just tour the college looking to go into that major and they wouldn't allow her to but they would allow her male classmate to and all of this was just so recent and she she fought for herself she was aggressive and assertive and she got what she wanted and she's super successful now and I couldn't be more proud to have actually known her in real life so that's that's amazing. I think that's just a testament of what we can accomplish when we continue to stick to our goals and follow after our dreams, even when if we're told no. If we fall, we get back up. And I think that's amazing that you were able to have that on your podcast. I think they'll be yeah. very helpful to your listeners, but also that's just a real life testament of what we can accomplish. Yes. So that's amazing. <laughs> yes. So I know that you are involved in STEM. Would you like to tell us about that? Oh my goodness. I am definitely a math nerd. Not so much science, which everybody makes fun of me for because always- <laughs> everybody's like math and science, like it's always goes together. But for me, yeah. it's math and history. Those are my two top. Oh, cl- really? Yeah. And everybody's like so surprised because you know what I mean? It's always like the English history yeah. and then the science, math, but I'm not bad at science by any means. I am definitely yeah. a perfectionist. So I can't like, I, I still try very hard in science. It's just not yes. as engaging for me. But <laughs> math is a core math is something that I absolutely love and it's actually funny because in middle school I was told I was kind of so we have this accelerated program where we can kind of double up in a sense but you have to test into it and I made the program by one point by one point and (laughs) thinking and it was it's for STEM courses it's to double up in your math and your science and I just remember thinking like, oh no, should I even do this? Like, am I smart enough to be here? Kind of questioning that and going throughout my high school career, I was often stereotyped because I was a girl. I did pageants, I did dance. I was involved in musical theater at the time. Kind of these Mm -hmm. stereotype things that give the impression that maybe you're not quote smart or smart enough to be in these types of classes. But by my sophomore year of high school, I finished all my math requirements and now I'm in AP Calculus BC and I've earned uh, probably three credits in math for college. So it's definitely something that my brain has been wired to do. And I'm even my on my school's mathematics team now. And it's just something I've fallen in love with. So I definitely hope to pursue something or take courses in college that relate to math, even if it's just a minor. That's incredible. And do you know what you want to do as a career yet? 
Oh goodness. It's I, a little soon. No worries. <laughs> I it's it's ironic because I'm a planner, but yeah. this is something that I go back and forth with because sometimes I want to be a lawyer, but then I'd also love to be a CEO of my own law firm because yeah. I love business. I took uh AP macroeconomics last year and I fell in love. So that's when I knew I wanted to major in econ. So I'll probably do something in that route because again, it's still numbers. I still get to do math. Yeah. But I'm <laughs> New business analytics, finance, not 100% sure yet, but I definitely want to incorporate math and economics somehow in my career. I think you'll be amazing at whatever you choose. So best of luck in that. I can't wait to see what you do. Thank you. Keep my options open. Open <laughs> um, Something like you were talking about earlier was how you were involved in dance and theater and whatnot, and how that can be kind of discriminated against as someone who wants to go into math and how you questioned if you were smart enough. Mm-hmm. And I think that's something I'd like to touch more on. Do you want to share more about that? Oh, of course. Um, yeah. yeah, I think that oftentimes when we have these certain hobbies and passions that people have a false impression of or already kind of misconceived conceptions in their head, they use that and they project that on towards you. And they kind of dictate in their own mind what they think you are capable of. And oftentimes it's hard because I've even had teachers that, you know, kind of question me. I remember sometimes when I would leave for nationals during actually last year when I had to leave for nationals was last week of my school. And my teachers were kind of questioning me, like, is this even worth it? It was right around my finals week. Like, oh, do you really think you can handle both finals and this pageant? Or like, what's this about? And once they kind of find out that you do these I guess, different passions, because I think pageantry, that's not very popular in my area, at least. They Mm -hmm. question that, but I think it's really important that we continue to break those stereotypes and continue to prove those people wrong and showcase what pageantry or what dance is really about, and that we can have all these different unique hobbies and passions and ideas and loves and beliefs, yet still be successful in different career paths. So I think it's so important to continue to prove those people wrong and just stay true in what you believe in and never let others' opinions or conceptions and the questioning change what you're passionate about and make you question your worth or make you question changing something that you know you love. Yeah, absolutely. That was very well said. (laughs) (laughs) This can be hard though. I know it can be very hard, but it's just, I think remembering that you love what you do for a reason and it's okay to have those polar opposite loves. It's okay to be involved in dance or even like singing or even like soccer or something. You know what I mean? That somebody wouldn't put as maybe someone who loves to read, like more of a a literature enthusiast or someone who is a chemist who wants to go into chemistry, even though those things might not necessarily go together traditionally in people's minds. I think it's so important that as our society continues to grow and evolve, that we showcase that you can have all different types of combinations of passions, and that is 100% okay and should be encouraged, actually. Absolutely. So since I was 11 years old, I actually knew I wanted to become a pediatrician, which has been incredibly helpful because I've been able to choose my courses around that since middle school. And so something that I've been able to do is do job shadows and like career talks. And I've been able to choose doctors and different types of doctors and whatnot. And so I've been able to speak with so many different you know, people in that career path already, just because I've known what I wanted to do for so long. And I remember I was a freshman in high school and I went to this career talk and this gynecologist shared 
her experiences about having dyslexia and about um, being really bad in math and she people told her like she couldn't be a doctor and like you know she couldn't be a mom at the same time because it's going to take eight to ten years for her to finish schooling and just all these people oppressing her and she just told the group of students that were in that room that there's always ways to overcome these obstacles and you don't have to be the best at math you don't have to be the best at science to actually become a doctor you know it's just about finding what works for you I think she ended up getting a math tutor and whatnot and you know everyone learns differently and I think just realizing that is important and so like you said you didn't feel smart enough in math because of that one point scenario and so it's really just I think working hard or finding what works for your learning is really important and you shouldn't let that stop you from achieving your dreams and also as she was saying you shouldn't let what other people say you know change what you want to do with the future you should absolutely always follow your passions and do what it takes to make it happen because you know there's always another way if it's something you really care about oh exactly that is so inspiring I think that just again to show you that no matter what circumstances that are presented in front of you, that if you work hard and remember that you do ultimately have somewhat of a control over your situation. So whether that's getting the resources to get a math tutor or maybe finding new opportunities to pursue your career, like you said, like job shadowing, there are so many different ways that we can continue to pursue our passions as long as we just kind of don't give into the negativity and kind of just remember to stay on track and stay goal oriented. Yeah, absolutely. So just to switch gears up a little bit, I would like to know why you started pageants because there is a lot of stigma around pageantry. And so, you know, how did you find out why pageants are so amazing? So why I started pageants and why I continued them are two different answers. So I think a lot of people, when you ask, why did you start a pageant? They might give you the letter in the mail answer, which is definitely (laughs) what my scenario was too. I got a letter in the mail. My mom told me that she almost threw it away now. And I'm like, I'm so glad you did it. (laughs) She was like, I didn't know what it was. And I was skeptical about it too, but 12 year old me was very optimistic and was like, Ooh, this is really cool. I can can do that. Like I've always, you know, watched Miss USA on TV. So I saw the gowns, the crowns, the microphones, all the glitz and the glamour. And Mm -hmm. my perception of what it was from the outside is obviously very different of what it is now and what it's really like, but I was very intrigued. So I said, why not? Let's give it a try. And when I got there, you know, I didn't place, but I made so many great friends and I gained a lot of confidence in myself, even from the two days, it was just a weekend pageant. It was a state pageant. And I said, I want to go back. And it was that sense of accomplishment I had. I kind of faced my fears. I used to hate public speaking. Now I love it. And it was getting out in front of a crowd. It was learning how to be confident in my own skin, be confident in a private interview on stage, and then also learn how to give back into my community and use my title as a platform to spread messages that I'm passionate about. So for all of those reasons, that is exactly why I continue to do pageants. And that's why I continued to pursue them back then, because pageants are so amazing, because I think they truly give girls confidence. Confidence. They give that girls a voice and they 
offer a very unique platform that I don't think anywhere else has. So that's that's my take on pageantry. And I think that anybody listening who has not done a pageant, I think most female girls or most teenage girls should do a pageant once in their life because it honestly offers you such a unique set of life skills and confidence that nowhere else can offer you, in my opinion. I completely agree. So I'm actually new to the pageant world. Um, about this time last year, I signed up for my first ever pageant, which was Miss Maine Teen USA. Ooh, very um, <laughs> yes, it was very exciting. I had actually suffered a very serious injury that fall. And so I signed up not even knowing if I could walk without crutches or whatnot. Oh. But I just really you know, I, this is something I'd wanted to do since I was seven years old and I'd seen it on TV and I was like, you know what, I'm on crutches right now, but I'm going to find a way to do this. And so I bought six inch heels in the mail. I worked hard in physical therapy and I ended up placing in the top 11 at the state pageant, which was incredibly exciting. That's Um, awesome. Congratulations. (laughs) And then thank you. And then nationals this June will be my second, you know, in-person pageant, which is beyond exciting. And I'm just so happy to be involved in this community. What drew me to the Miss High School America organization was how invested they are in scholarships and promoting education and brave. And I really liked how they had a joint national platform or the anti-bullying campaign rather because that's not something I was necessarily seeing from other systems. And it really stood out to me as something that I was like, wow, I want to be a part of this. And I watched the videos on the website and I was like, oh my goodness, they're doing so much more than just, you know, walking on stage in a pretty dress, you know? Yes. So much more. And even the opening number for this system, you know, it's done on the steps and like outside. And I thought that was so unique. And there's a lot of great opportunities with the system. And I'm so happy just to be here and that I chose it. It always stood out to me as something that I wanted to be involved in. And so to have the state title is beyond a blessing. Well, we are so happy to welcome you to the <laughs> Thank you. We're truly a sisterhood. And I think Pat, just something that you really stuck out in that you just said was that there's so much more. And I think that's what us title holders continue need to continue to prove that patents are so much more than what meets the eye. And I think what we're doing in our communities is podcast, Hands of Hope, you know, Brave, all of those things that exactly is a testament to that. And that's awesome. See, I also like to point that out because you said you're, this is your, going to be your second national pageant. Yes. So it doesn't matter when you start. I think that yeah. pageants are such a u- amazing and unique community that even if you do one at you know, 19, even if you're a miss, it doesn't matter when you start or having any kind of misconceived notion. So, oh, I need to be doing patents for six years or, oh, I'm not tall enough, this or that enough. That's not the case. And pageants continue to show that they don't want a stereotype. They want a real girl and they want to continue to instill those life skills. So Miss High School America organization has definitely done that for me. And I'm so excited that you get to experience that this Thank June. You. Absolutely. You know, something I still find myself doing though is you know, being in Maine, there are not a lot of pageants here. Um, And so I find myself having to explain to people, you know, what my pageant is and what I'm doing and what I do with my title and what I will be doing at nationals. And, you know, 
I was at school and I was in study hall and an underclassman came up to me and she was like, wow. So I heard you're Miss Maine High School America. And I was like, yes. And I was all excited. And she goes, so what do you do? Do you just walk on a stage? And she didn't even say it in a mean way. It was just really innocent. And I was like, oh my goodness, there's so much more. And I was so excited to tell her about that. And she's a dancer. So maybe she'll end up doing pageants as well because it has similarities to dance. But, you know, I find myself not even looking at it as like, oh my gosh, people just think it's like walking on a stage. But I find myself getting excited to share with them that like, oh my gosh, no, it's so much more. It's totally changed since then. Or even like my organization is a scholarship pageant and we do this and we value this. And we have a whole handbook talking about what we should do with Brave in classrooms and all of this exciting stuff. I don't know. I just look at it as an opportunity to be excited and share with people more and educate them in a positive way. Yes, exactly. And I think so great that we have representation in all 50 states to do that so the message can continue to show that pageants have grown and evolved and again they're offering scholarship opportunities they're focusing on education community service while instilling confidence and all those other great things but I know it's some a lot of it comes out of innocence pure innocence they just have that notion in their head of what they think it is and they're just like oh so it's a dress and a pretty stage but it's so so much more than that like you just said absolutely yeah so I think we should shift over to the topic of bullying just because we only touched on that a little bit so if you're comfortable sharing you absolutely don't have to but have you ever been bullied and would you like to tell us about that Yes, I have been bullied and I'm pretty open about that. I am a survivor of bullying and that's kind of why I decided to compete in the Miss High School America organization was because of that brave platform and why I ultimately ended up founding my own organization to kind of spread the message that I once needed to hear. And growing up, I moved schools in seventh grade in a totally new state and immediately I was able labeled the new kid and I from cyber to physical to verbal I experienced a lot of bullying all at once it was kind of very overwhelming you know you knew seeing everything and then later on as they got to know me even factors such as you know being a math lead or being a pageant title holder was kind of used against me in a sense and it was learning how to persevere and not letting these opinions or what people are saying about me make me question and unvalidate my self-worth and to remember that my self-worth comes within and that no one can take that away from me. But I think it's so important that we do have pageant title holders or people who we idolize as role models in society continue to be open, vulnerable, authentic, and share their stories because it reminds others that everyone goes through struggles and everyone has been through struggles and, but you can persevere and there is hope. So that's what I hope to do as a national title holder is continue to be open, vulnerable, share my story and inspire others to do the same and let them know that they're not alone. You've done a great job at doing that so far. I can say that with absolute confidence. Thank you. Um, Something that I'm planning to do on this podcast is an episode alone um, called a shy girl's guide to combating bullying because as someone who's naturally pretty shy and introverted, when I'm in situations where, you know, bullies are throwing negative comments out, I can find myself just shutting down and not saying anything. And it's really hard to have that courage in the moment. And not everyone's going to be the type of person that can just say, hey, like, don't talk to me like that, or, you know, or 
just go to someone else for help. Not everyone can feel like they can do that. And so I'm planning to do a special episode just on what we can do in a way that people feel safe and comfortable with that's not as aggressive and assertive, but is still resolving these unwanted and harmful situations. And so I'm excited for that to be coming out hopefully soon. I love that. And I think it's so important because we all have different personalities. We all have different ways that we react. And it's important to give opportunities and avenues for different types of personalities to react in those situations and make them aware and expose them and educate them. So I think that's so amazing. And that's definitely an exciting episode to see coming out. And I think it will help a lot of listeners that are also shy and maybe introverted. Yeah, thank you. I think it's just really important to make sure everyone knows what to do because, you know, it can be really hard to come up with that courage if, you know, that's not something you're even able to do anyways. Exactly. So I just want to make sure everyone knows what to do when they're being bullied, you know. I know it's so important. (laughs) I love that. Yeah. So I was reading an article on bullying the other day, and one of the like rhetorical questions brought up in the writing was, what is the difference between bullying and normal conflict between peers? And I thought it was really interesting, and I wrote it down to bring it up in this episode. I love that take. And I think that's something <laughs> that I really sat down when I was competing and preparing for Miss High School America to find that difference and differentiate between the two. Yeah. And for me, I saw there's a difference between intentional and more repeated actions rather than teasing, mocking every day where it's more playful. I think you can definitely tell mean intent when it's repeated, when it goes to an extent that is recognizable by not just yourself, but others around you. And when it gains that momentum into that point where it's deteriorating on someone's self-confidence and the bully is aware and they're doing that with that mean and bad attention, I think that's when it becomes bullying. Now, of course, teasing and mocking and all of that is not nice. It's not fun. But I think that's something that's easier to stop and prevent and educate for while bullying morphs into a more serious issue. And I think also this transition happens, which is something that I focused on with Hands of Hope as well, when I created my workbooks and switching out of the hand pledges for the older audience. And it's showing that there becomes that aggressor position where they want that power. Mm -hmm. And I think that's when it switches to bullying for sure. And I think it's so important that we learn how to recognize that so we can stop it earlier on before it continues throughout middle school and high school and even into college and the workforce. So that's my take on that. Absolutely. So some of my experiences with bullying have actually been some close friends who, you know, we started out in middle school as really good friends. And then as it progressed to high school, they kind of started turning on me. And, you know, I still looked at them as a friend because I don't know, I just, I thought we were like really good friends in a couple instances. And so I didn't even realize, like, I was like, oh, they mustn't mean it. But then, you know, I had people like my mom and other friends who were watching these situations play out. And I would like retell stories of what happened during my day. And they would be like, oh my goodness, you are being bullied. Like this is happening like for months and you're just taking it. It's like, no, that's not a true friend. And so as an older girl in high school, I've had to realize, you know, who's really my friend and who's not. And also who's changing into something that's, you know, being a negative 
thing in my life that's just bringing me down. So I've had to kind of learn as I was, as we were talking about with this question, you know, what's normal and then what's considered bullying. And like you mentioned, having other people help to help identify if it's going too far is really helpful. Yes. And I also think it's important to note that being treated as lesser than is never normal. I just think it comes in different forms of aggression and different variations. And sometimes it's more extreme than others. And when it gets to that point of extreme, that is identifiable. And that when it starts to become repetitive and you notice the effect it's having on you and the other person knows that that has that effect on you and they're doing it because they want that negative reaction, that's exactly when we need to address that issue. But I think that when we take proactive approaches, whether it's with a kindergarten class or like you're doing and you're reaching teens and before it reaches that extreme, we are giving the message of brave and we are sharing the messages of self-love, inclusion, respect that it will prevent that so I think it's so important that we just continue to emphasize that and that we are able to utilize brave being part of the most high school America organization Mm -hmm. to do so absolutely and so if teens were being or you know if one of your friends rather was being bullied how would you tell them as a high schooler what would you tell them to do you know as an older student as an older student I think it's always the option to get help. It's okay not to be okay. It's okay to ask for help. It's okay to be vulnerable. I always stress that with any age group that I talk to, because I think in today's society, we have this pressure to be perfect that we, especially with social media, you know, we see like a highlight reel or we're all supposed to have everything together and we don't see the not so glamorous reality that goes behind closed doors in everybody's life. So first and foremost, I stress that it's okay to ask for help. And most of the times with high school situations, what I like to take my approach on bullying is that you can, unfortunately, you cannot control the bully, but you can control yourself and you can control your reaction. So that's why I work so much with self-love and self-confidence, because when you have that self-acceptance in yourself, the bully starts to lose its power and it has less of an effect on you. But again, it's all, I think it all determines on the extreme of bullying and the type of situation, but either to ask help and most importantly, build your self-confidence because that will carry with you, whether you're being bullied after being bullied and through the rest of your life. Absolutely. I totally agree. And a great way to build confidence is through pageants. Yes. Um, yes. <laughs> great. <laughs> yes. Got a plug. Got a plug. <laughs> yes, definitely. But I think pageants totally helped me build a lot more confidence. And I was actually also a competitive dancer um, before my injury. I traveled nationally to compete, just like it sounded like you have. Um, But I think pageants opened up a talking component that even dancing on national stage hadn't quite done for me yet. And so that really helped me become a completely different person. I feel like I matured more. I was able to come out of my shell being someone who was extremely shy. And I'm in a public speaking class right now. It's a dual enrollment class with the University of Southern Maine. So I'm earning free college credits. Mm -hmm. And that's something even a year ago, I would have never imagined doing. But being in that first ever pageant is what got me to this point to be like, wow, this is something that I want to be good at, even if it makes me uncomfortable. Mm-hmm. I don't want to have any fears that might hold me back in all these aspirations that I have for my future. And so that's why I'm in that class right now. 
I love that. And like <laughs> you said, you. Like, having no fears hold you back. That relates to what we talked about earlier, STEM, yeah. not having the fear to stand up or for pageants, not have the fear to step outside your comfort zone and try something new. So I really love that. <laughs> Thank you. I've always been someone who's super ambitious. And so something that I've realized as I've gotten older is like, you know, I'll write down all these things I want to do. And then I'll be like, what's holding you back? And everything that I feel like I'm afraid of, I'll just start doing like public speaking and whatnot. And it's like, as I'm slowly eliminating all of these things, I just find myself striving and achieving more things, which is super beneficial. You know, we only live once. And so being able to achieve all of your dreams is just the most rewarding thing ever. I love that. I definitely agree. I think having no regrets chasing your dreams yeah. that is so relieving and again yeah. so rewarding. Yeah, absolutely. So do you think schools are taking enough preventative measures to combat bullying? In my honest opinion, I do not. I think that mm-hmm. We have seen less of a shift towards kindness building. I think some schools, actually I'll rephrase. I think that some schools are, but overall I think that we are not. I think that we need to have actually an educational curriculum built in our curriculum in schools that emphasizes these messages of inclusion, acceptance, self-love, bullying prevention at a young age and actually throughout all ages. Because I think that when schools have that exposure and that messages in a classroom setting, it will go a long way. And I think that schools is where our brains learn, grow and flourish. And, you know, we're shaping schools are have the responsibility of shaping our young minds, our future leaders and the up and coming generation. And I think it's imperative that they do recognize that responsibility that they hold and that they continue to take more measures to emphasize kindness and anti-bullying in their school systems. Absolutely. I definitely noticed a shift from elementary school to middle school. And I think, honestly, in my experience, middle school would have benefited a lot more from having some anti-bullying policies that were actually followed through with. I think follow through is also really important. That goes hand in hand with what we were talking about. Um, But I was actually really lucky to go to an elementary school that was brand new. So in first grade, I went to this brand new elementary school and they were all about not bullying and kindness and the code of conduct and all these amazing things. And each teacher really did a lot to implement it. And we would have assemblies that were engaging for, you know, the young audience that was K through five. And that was amazing. And then I got to sixth grade and that all went away. Like there was nothing anymore and no code of conduct or anything, Mm -hmm. let alone a policy that was followed through. And as kids are maturing in middle school, you know, sometimes they can lash out. It's kind of a weird age that you're going through. You know, things are changing. You know, you get lockers for the first time and, you know, all this new stuff. And I just wish that there had been more that was being done because, I felt like that was the most prominent time in my life so far for bullying to be like thriving. I 100% agree. I think middle school is a definitely transitional time and it can definitely be rough for a lot of children. I know for me, it was not the highlight of my career. (laughs) (laughs) My my 
school career, it was definitely yes. a time where I did experience a lot of bullying. And mm-hmm. uh, that, unfortunately, that was even where I switched schools. So that was when I even experienced physical aggression. Oh, and wow. I think that if the schools would have stepped in, and it's not something you would expect. I mean, yeah. that's something that I always like to emphasize too, that it can even people who you wouldn't least expect it can go through some of the hardest struggles. So I think it's really important that we just remember that and that we never know someone's story and we know, until we walk in their shoes. And I think bullies oftentimes forget that and they're lashing out their own insecurities. But again, if we had the school intervention and we had that follow through and that education and that empowerment, right in the school setting that some kids don't have that luxury of getting at home, then I think we would see a lot more change in schools. So in the future, I'm really hopeful and I'm hoping that even I can do something to work with the educational system so we can start seeing changes like that. Absolutely. I think it's something that would really bring a lot more positivity into the world, which is absolutely needed right now as we're emerging out of the pandemic. 100%. Yes. So before you go, I just wanted to ask a little bit more about STEM. So what's your advice to any women in the classroom or workplace who are dealing with male dominance? I think it's to remember the progress we made and remember the progress that can be made. I think looking back um, to the women who first started when, you know, I, I always think of when we took apes last year in the World War II times and like we had the, the, Ro- the, Rositer, uh, Ro- the Ro- uh, Rosie the Riveter movement and we started actually seeing women in the workforce and working on the war front because they needed the extra hands. And but if you think about from the times before that, that would have never been something that people would even think is feasible. So I think just remembering the history and now even the progress that we've made as women, we have overcome so much and that there's so much more that we can overcome and that we can do. And I think it's important that us women recognize the power that we have and never doubt ourselves in any situation, any career path, any circumstance, and remember that we have this power and the future is really at our hands and that we just need to remember to have the confidence and empowerment in ourselves and in the community of women around us to continue to pursue our passions and dreams, especially in STEM. Well, that is a great note to end off on. (laughs) Thank you so much for coming on, Stephanie. It was an absolute pleasure having this opportunity to speak with you. Thank you so much. It was so much fun. I'm so glad that you asked me. Thank you. Oh my goodness. Thank you. Um, So thank you all to all of our listeners for listening to another episode of the podcast, Brave X Empower. Um, You can go follow on Instagram at Brave X Empower. Stephanie, do you want to plug your Instagram handles? My Instagram is at the Stephanie Skinner and then the at Miss High School America pages to follow the organization. And then for Hands of Hope, I actually have my own Instagram, which is hands.of underscore hope. Perfect. Definitely make sure to check out those accounts as well. There's a lot of amazing resources on there. If you want to join pageant, a pageant, you know, definitely check that out as well. Um, also, the podcast is now streaming on Apple Podcasts and Spotify, so you can listen there for free. And I look forward to having all of you listen to another episode. Thank you so much. Okay.